Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. With the NFL season officially coming to an end on Sunday, it's kind of time to shift over, you know, from in-season, the playoff talk. Now we're going to be talking about the NFL draft, talking about free agency, you know, a lot more dynasty fantasy football content. And so in the next few days, I'm going to be going through my 2022 rookie rankings. So I'm going to go by position first. So running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, maybe tight ends, maybe not. You know, not a ton of depth at that position for draft prospects, even though this class isn't the worst at that position. And then I'll do like an overall big board. You know, maybe I'll do super flex and one quarterback, but maybe just go through like a round or two of ADP and kind of go through how I would rank those players. But in today's video, I'm going to be going through the top eight running backs in the 2022 class. And overall, this isn't the strongest running back class. You know, this is definitely not like the 2020 class where we saw Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, Cam Akers, you know, all those studs coming off the board. And it's really also not as strong as last year's, where you still have like Najee, Javante, you know, some of those guys. There may not even be any first round running backs in this class, but there are definitely some solid, you know, day two options, second round, maybe third round. And then obviously you're always going to have guys going in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. But let's just jump into the rankings and starting off here at number one, I have a Brees Hall out of Iowa State. He really checks almost every box that you'd be looking for for, you know, a running back prospect. He produced early on as a freshman. He was the lead back in his freshman season. He was the workhorse all three years he was at Iowa State. And he was also effective in the receiving game really all three years. So he caught at least 20 passes in every single season. And then he was really just turned it on and was dominant as a sophomore and a junior. In those two seasons, he went for 3,526 scrimmage yards and 46 total touchdowns. When you're looking at his build, he also definitely has that workhorse size coming in at six foot one, 215 pounds. When we're looking at some of his flaws, he did struggle a little bit in pass protection and could be a slightly more physical runner. But luckily, you know, he has the size and the athleticism to make improvements in those areas. Right now, you know, Brees Hall has all the traits to be operating as a three down back in the NFL. And it really is just going to come down to draft capital. I feel like right now there's a pretty clear, you know, top three running backs. That's Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, and Kenneth Walker. And so really, I feel like a lot of this could just come down to draft capital. You know, if Brees Hall gets picked in the second round and Spiller and Walker, you know, fall to the third, Brees Hall is probably going to be the number one, but maybe Spiller goes in the second, Hall and Walker go late third, then I feel like that's probably enough to bump Spiller up because you just know he's going to get more opportunities with that higher draft capital. And speaking of Spiller, I have him here at number two coming out of Texas A&M. And I feel like a lot of the same positives I mentioned for Brees Hall also apply to Isaiah Spiller. He is the size to be a workhorse back coming in at 6'1", 225 pounds. He was also with the running back one for his team in all three of his collegiate seasons. And he also showed that he is a very competent receiver. Also caught 20 plus passes in all three of his seasons. He basically put together very similar numbers in all three of his seasons. When we're looking at some of, you know, his downsides, he doesn't have elite breakaway speed. We didn't really see him get caught from behind a ton, but we're not sure if he's going to be able, you know, to accelerate away from those NFL caliber, you know, corners, safeties, all of that. 
So that'll be interesting to see how he tests at the combine. He could also use some minor improvements as a blocker. And the reason why I'm saying this, you know, you might be thinking like, you know, blocking doesn't apply to fantasy, but if you're able to be a competent blocker, that is going to lead to you getting, you know, more opportunities on the field. So you probably aren't going to be a three down back if you are just absolutely horrendous in pass protection because they can't have you out there on third and longs unless you are running a route. And if you can't block, then, you know, it kind of becomes predictable in those situations. So he's another guy who could use improvements as a blocker, but another guy who has that three down running back potential, which is what you want to see, because that's going to be, you know, those top ceiling guys who can be workhorses, you know, potential RB1s in the future for fantasy. Then at number three, I have Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State. That really wraps up, you know, the consensus top three running backs. And Walker is kind of an interesting case here. He's not like Brees Hall or Isaiah Spiller, who were dominant all three seasons in college, because he really went from minimal production in his sophomore and freshman seasons to just a breakout junior year. And a lot of that has to do with him transferring from Wake Forest to Michigan State before, you know, his final season. With Michigan State, he rushed for 1,646 yards and then 18 touchdowns. He doesn't really have many glaring concerns as a prospect. He's not as physically, you know, imposing as a Hall or a Spiller coming in at 5'10", you know, 205, 210. That's not, you know, terribly undersized. If he was like 200, under 200, then it would be a little bit concerning. But you can be a workhorse at 5'10", you know, 210 pounds. That is totally in the realm of possibilities. There are a few other factors that could limit his three down usage. He's not a solid blocker. And the problem is he doesn't have that solid frame to fall back on. So a guy like, you know, Hall or Spiller, they don't have to be great technical blockers because they have that huge body, you know, to get in front of the defender. Walker, like I talked about, is just not as big. But I think the most concerning area would just be his lack of receiving work. In three college seasons, Walker only caught 19 passes. So that's not to say, you know, he can't catch the ball or he's terrible there. We just really haven't seen it. Personally, if it was some, you know, strength of Walker, I would imagine playing at two different, you know, universities, he would have gotten more opportunities. So we'll see how he looks at the combine, but that's kind of the most limiting factor that drops him to number three. And that is why I have both Spiller and Hall kind of clearly ahead of Kenneth Walker. Now on to number four, I have Rashad White out of Arizona State. Pretty solid drop off from the top three running backs, but still, you know, a solid prospect. White was not, you know, an elite top tier high school recruit. He kind of bounced around all over the place before arriving at Arizona State, but he made a clear impact in his junior season. In just four games, he rushed for 420 yards on only 42 carries, so 10 yards a carry, and then he also caught eight passes for 151 yards while scoring six touchdowns. And remember, that was all in just four games. Then as a senior, he went out, rushed for 1,000 yards and 15 touchdowns. He may not be, you know, super explosive near the line, you know, compared to some of these other backs who I have ranked ahead of him, but I do think his pass catching ability makes him a very interesting option. He caught 43 passes in his final season for 456 yards. He is definitely one of the best pass catching backs in this entire draft. And at six foot two, you know, 210, he's not one of these hybrid guys who's only going to be receiving back. He does have that three down build. Draft capital could be a potential issue because we just don't know where he's going to fall right now 
you know, if he falls to day three in round five, six, seven, that would definitely be tough, but he could easily be picked in the third round and become a very, very solid pick for fantasy football. At number five, I have Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame. He's by far the smallest running back on this list, coming in at five foot nine, 195 pounds. Those numbers, you know, when you hear them, definitely do not scream workhorse to you. I don't think, you know, I'm saying that he could never be a workhorse, but it is rare at that frame to be a three down back at the NFL level. Williams is very agile and he's explosive out in space. But, you know, as you'd expect with that frame, he can struggle with contact. I think probably the biggest positive here is that Kyron Williams is very effective as a receiver. He logged 35 receptions and 313 yards as a sophomore, and then 42 receptions for 359 yards this past season. I feel like you're going to see a lot of people comparing him to Austin Eckler, which to me, I just do not think that is fair. If you want to talk about his, you know, absolute ceiling, sure, that's fine. But just comparing these receiving backs to Eckler, because, you know, that's what Eckler does. I just think it's kind of lazy because Eckler is basically a unicorn operating as a three down workhorse at his size. And remember, he may have never even got the opportunity to do that if Melvin Gordon didn't hold out. So for every Austin Eckler, you know, there's going to be a JD McKissick, a Naheem Hines, a Giovanni Bernard, who are receiving backs, but just are probably never going to get the opportunity to be a three down workhorse in the NFL. But you know, the solid thing here about Williams is that hopefully his floor is a solid receiving back. So even if you pick him and he doesn't reach that elite Eckler ceiling, he still has some value to kind of fall back on. Now at number six, I have Brian Robinson out of Alabama, and he's kind of a tough one to rank here because in 2021, he absolutely balled out. He was a stud, rushed for 1,337 yards, caught 35 passes for 296 yards, and scored 16 total touchdowns. So just hearing that, you'd be like, wow, he should be an elite prospect, you know, second, third round pick. The problem is it took him forever to break out. So this past season was his fifth college year, and he will be 23 by the time of the draft. And that is definitely on the way older end in terms of prospects. But also remember that Najee Harris was basically the same age coming out of school. So it's not unprecedented for someone to, you know, come out and still get high draft capital. I don't think he's going to be picked anywhere near Najee was, but just something to keep in mind. And the reason why I can give Robinson a slight pass for that late breakout is because he was competing for touches with absolute studs. So basically Najee was a year older than Robinson and then was just ahead of him on the depth chart his entire time at Alabama. So Robinson was unable to overtake, you know, the number one role until Najee Harris was gone. You know, obviously it would be nice to see him go out and get more touches, especially when he's like a fourth year senior, you know, where he really didn't get a huge workload until that fifth season. Right now, I think the biggest thing holding him back would just be draft capital because right now he is projected to be a day three pick, which means he may never even get, you know, a real opportunity to be a stud running back in the NFL. Now at number seven, I have Tyler Algier out of BYU. He is a redshirt junior and is operated as a complete workhorse over the past two seasons. Overall, he's a fairly well-rounded prospect. He's got the workhorse size at 5'11", 220. He's a physical runner through contact, explosive in the open field. He does lack some explosiveness near the line of scrimmage compared to some of the other guys on here, but he's also a fairly fluid receiver out of the backfield. Even though, you know, he didn't have a massive role, you could definitely see it on tape. 
I think for me, the biggest concern with him would also be draft capital, just like Brian Robinson. He could, you know, shoot up my rankings if he's a second or third round pick. But right now, I just don't know if we can kind of assume on him being picked there. And then the final player in this top eight is going to be Zamir White out of Georgia. I don't really love a lot of the options here coming in at number eight. Many thought White was going to have a monster 2021 season, but he was honestly fairly underwhelming, rushing for 856 yards and 11 touchdowns, and then added nine receptions for 75 yards. He definitely wasn't a major factor. You know, as a receiver, we kind of saw Delvin Cook's brother, James Cook, get a lot of that work. But without some major, you know, all-around improvements, I really just can't see Zamir White being much more than a power back at the next level. He's also likely going to be a fourth-round pick or later, which isn't super promising. That is going to wrap it up for my 2022 running back rankings. If you guys enjoyed this video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Going to be putting out more content like this. Over the next few days, I'll be going through my wide receiver and quarterback rankings for the 2022 draft class, and then probably like a round one, round two, maybe ADP, or my kind of personal rankings. But thank you guys for stopping by, and I'll see you in the next one.